This is the SFF Audio Podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse. Hello, I'm Paul. Hi, I'm Cora. And we're going to talk about Odds On by Michael Crichton under his pen name John Lang, first published in 1965 or 66. People are saying different numbers. Um, apparently this was his first, uh, first published under his John Lang. I didn't, we didn't start in the See, order. It's the first one at all. Uh, it's the first one also, probably the first one he wrote. Mm, I don't know. It would about have been that. 23 or something at the yeah, time. Yeah, well, was Easy Go the first one he wrote? And this is the first one got published. Uh, yeah, I think that might be, I think that they're, they're not published in the, in, in the order, in order, order of writing, yeah, writing but he was writing pretty much back to back, right? Um, so this is one of those ones that he wrote while he was studying medicine. He says it's, you know, uh, an excuse to make money so he can, but honestly, I don't believe he needs money. <laughs> he seems to be traveling all over Europe and enjoying, <laughs> uh, like, I think enjoying he's good quite, uh, he has a bit, uh, he has some insight in the jet set life of the 1960s. Yes, and uh, that's not something you do if you're uh, yeah, struggling okay, in poverty. Spain uh, and the Costa Brava was, uh, and it's actually in the book, it was, mass tourism was already, was taking off in the 1960s. But um, that was also, uh, from the US, it's a lot more difficult and expensive to get there than from Germany or in or the UK. I think or we can assume that he went on a tour um, because mm-hmm. of, you know, the previous books we've read. You know, he went to Egypt. He went to uh, UK, London. He probably did the European tour. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Amsterdam, there was some, some there was a good Amsterdam And there was some there. Caribbean stuff in there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There that, was, yeah. I mean, it all became gr- Christopher's Mills. One of the characters in here. That maybe is, uh, Mexico, because you yeah, know, definitely. The, the yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. One of, of the Mexico. characters in here is a Mexican-born uh, military mm-hmm. American, right? Or ex-military mm-hmm. American. Um, and there is actually a Caribbean connection, although I, <laughs> it's pretty subtle. Um, do you guys notice it? No. Um, at some point, they're looking to. This, this book's a little bit of a mess, but. Uh, as one of the points, they're looking in, somebody's looking in a, uh, someone's bedroom, you know, in the hotel, and they see a mm-hmm. copy of a paperback, and it's, uh, Live and Let Die by, uh, oh, yeah. Fleming, yes. which is a bond reference, yes. explicitly <laughs> Caribbean I, I, novel, <laughs> right? I, I, yes. Actually, I kind of, I liked it. He mentions quite a lot, he mentions a lot of books, uh, books people are reading. Reading and it's interesting. For example, the three um, books uh, books that this Jenks has read. Mm-hmm. read. Uh, I looked them up. They're all actual books published yeah. in the early to mid sixties. Sixties. The latest one was uh, I think 1964 or so on. So they're real. And of course, then there's the wonderful Miss Shaw, who's my favorite character in this whole book. I love Miss Shaw. Yeah, and she's Ms. an Shaw, Agatha Christie character, isn't she? Yeah, Miss Shaw has wandered in from an, I guess, Miss Shaw is Miss Marple gone bad. Yeah, Very she's bad. the evil Miss Marple. She's yeah, the evil Miss Marple. Yeah, that's a good I, I actually yeah. want the movie with Angela Lansbury or Betty, uh, Angela Lansbury should have played Miss Shaw. She would have been a perfect Miss Shaw. She can in future when we, we have the, uh, 
digital rights to her head to make her well, well, do yeah. whatever well, I somebody the, says. Actually, I would prefer the, the uh, murder she wrote era Angela Lansbury to play Miss Charles. This is a mid-60s Angela Lansbury. Oh, yeah, yeah. would have Definitely. been too young. But uh, even though she played grandmothers. Mm. But yes, Miss Charles she's supposed likes, to be nuclear war, likes nuclear war novels and the more depressing the better. Failsafe isn't depressing enough. Only two cities get destroyed. Mm. destroyed but she laughs on the beach because, well, the entire world That's gets, another one that gets nuked it. and yeah. Australia commits suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Um, yeah, I, I, I had forgotten about the on the beach reference. It's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, the, this book is like a little bit of a mess and I think it starts with a major problem it has, which is there are literally tw- two dozen characters with names, you know, <laughs> it's a short novel, yeah. but it's I, like I mean, Game it's, of Thrones trying here. To draw all these, trying, yeah, trying to draw all these people to this hotel for this weekend of, uh, of, of the, of the plot that's the computer has spit out. So we kind of start off very obliquely. With 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 the with the, uh, with the smuggler and wind up with the wind up with the uh, the rich the, the rich girl the, the rich girl who can't stand her boyfriend because he's uh, he's not a real, real man. I'm I'm not. I quite saw sure you I, I saw you quote tweet that and uh, tie it to <laughs> a famous American politician who may or may not have been arrested recently. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I hadn't got to the book in that the book in that point. Yes. Um, yes, yes, I ha- yes I did. Um, who's our main so character yeah. though? If we had to pick one, other than the uh, Miss Shaw, who's a uh, terrific character, Probably doesn't show up right Jenks. away. It's Jenks, right? Has right. to be. Yep. Jenks. He's a mastermind. Yeah. But the novel the... starts off with Miguel and then Brian, who are his uh, who are his partners in right. this right. heart. Yeah. But what's interesting is, you know, if, if he's the author, insert, he's not complimenting himself completely. It's not. It doesn't look like him, right? No, he no, it doesn't, doesn't look change. like him. He's not, you Jenks know, nine feet very, tall. Jenks is not very attractive. Uh, That's attractive, right. apparently. And it's very uh, inter- Michael Titan is... uh, was quite attractive. Yeah, but this is really an interesting book. It, it seems like he, if he wrote it first, which I don't think he did, if he had written it first, it's sure. like I got to write all my ideas in this one book. And he he is seem. It's almost like it's an Agatha Christie mystery but it's a heist novel which is very different right mm-hmm. and it it, it goes it wrong like, i guess a christian yeah. try to write a heist novel <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so i think it's very ambitious and it's pretty interesting but it's not a great great book i don't think it's not yeah it's it's well better than the venom business but um, but, the, but the venom business wasn't it just goes on mess it, it, well, it just I goes mean, on the, the, and on this, and it's the, painful Whereas this one's there's a, some pain in this, this shorter. but it's much yeah. shorter. Yeah, this one, uh, it's short. Also, um, also, at first I was like, oh, I have to do that book again. And then, <laughs> then at the end it became real. It was like, uh, like then, uh, then about the halfway point, it, it became really, really, it became good. But uh, the problem was it took a long time to get together. There's all these people. You don't know why you're supposed to care about them. Mm-hmm. The women are all a bit, uh, I mean, okay, it was the guy who wrote this was like... Uh, like, um, it came out when he was 23 or 24, so uh, I cut him some slack, but the women are all like, okay, women are, are kind of unknowable people who, uh, who have sex and sex and sometimes want to have sex with men and men and otherwise are bitches because uh, the female characters uh, are not all that well, de- 
uh, not all that well developed. Not, also not all the this... female characters are all, all that well developed. Some of them are overly developed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, but not, but not in a personality service. No, in a personality jerk. way, just not, a, they are not given enough pages to, for their personality, mm, yeah. right? I, I know, I, I keep coming. I mean, the most interesting female character is, is Miss Shaw, yeah, who's, yes. who's an elderly lady. Lady. Yes. The other women could have been interesting, interesting. Annette, uh, receptionist, or, or the woman, uh, or the, the, the rich girl, Jenny, Jenny, uh, could have been, but Jenny, I didn't get at all. She keeps this guy around. She doesn't like him. He's not man enough. Yeah. No, yeah, but yeah, apparently yeah, she yeah, wants I, him because he's kind of, he's this New England rich guy. Why? Girl, it's the sixties. You don't have to marry some idiot you don't even want. Yeah, so it's like, what, 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 like, what, what are you doing she with always this? She wants sex, but she never wants sex with this poor, with this poor guy who's in, who wants her. And who obviously wants sex, so I didn't get Jenny at all. So uh, I mean, she she wants a she, she wants to call it capital R capital M real man, and this guy is not that. She wants a yeah, man just, to take charge and to I mean because 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 the the book goes too much at length about her wanting wanting a real man to take yeah, charge, and this guy though. won't. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's trying to go I mean, him the into guy's it. Got, right? uh, she should have just. Uh, I don't get why she doesn't dump him a lot earlier than she. Well before the book, I would. They need a way to get her to the eye to this hotel, but she could have gone there on her own or something. She, I, this this boyfriend is just okay. Why is he, she doesn't like him? They obviously don't fit together. Fit together. She wants to sleep with anything except him. With any yes, uh, real yeah. man, she sleeps with. Uh, then she sleeps with Jenks. <laughs> okay, real man. Who is, as you say, not super attractive, right? Real man but he's a real man. Uh, but but you're saying like, who is Crichton in this in this book? Uh, remember that George is trying to write a novel about a smuggler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I thought, oh, is this the Crichton insert? I wondered. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that I think he he's being very ambitious with this book. It it does feel uh, it does feel like he's he's he wants to do a heist book. Because that's what he's been contracted to do, or he can, thinks he can sell that. But he likes Agatha Christie, and he wants to invert it. And he also has this thing cooking in the background, which is that computer. So we all think about that as being like very central to uh, the techno thriller sort of thing. And I read up a bit about what people think about this Crichton phenomenon, where he's he is having computers in his heists and stuff like that. And there's all sorts of bad theories. One guy wrote a, he wrote a, one of those papers you can download from JSTOR or whatever. I just read the abstract for it. Um, he's saying Crichton is creating a new genre and he, he's called it the FICTA, F-I-C-T-A, <laughs> um, where <laughs> basically goes on to explain, um, it's called science fiction. Because he doesn't write techno thrillers in the in the way that Tom Clancy does, right? It's not like no, it's we don't get military the, hardware. We don't get everything about the submarine in exhaustive detail and no. bonus points if you find uh, if you have mistakes or, or also, Cold War I, stuff. I've never right? really caught Crichton in a. Uh, no, I, I did hear Crichton in an obvious mistake once, but. Uh, was the first uh, was the first one where they where he he um messed where he where things they they test they executed someone with with gas in a country which wouldn't have to which right. did not do that but that was the only mistake I ever caught him on and of course I don't know 
about a lot of those. I don't know everything about those things, but I've never really caught a totally obvious mistake. I've seen obvious mistakes in Clancy. He's and I don't bad. know all that much about submarines, but enough to have caught some mistakes. Speaking of um, things to catch, um, there's a number of quotes in the book, and I didn't have an e-copy of the book, so I'm just going from memory. But the novel starts with a uh, Benjamin Disraeli quote, which is pretty famous. And then later on, there's like a, I don't know, four or five quotes in a row. And it's probably, um, Jenks, uh, you know, talking to himself, which he does a lot in this book. Um, and one of them was by our old friend and, um, a character name, Pierce. Remember Pierce? He was in oh, yes. <laughs> uh, a few things. And then I realized, um, I, I'm just going by memory. The quote was not familiar, but it sounded pretty good. It was something about logic. And then I remembered it was C.S. Pierce. And I'm like, is, did he make this up? And no, I'm real, I'm realizing he's a famous, like, well, semi-famous American philosopher, like William James. Um, but the name, I, I figured it was, I think, cause he uses that as a character name in, in another book. He just likes, I think this is like his, 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 uh, favorite philosopher. Yeah, he names uh, he names um, he names a he names characters after his favorite scientist. I mean, uh, yeah, Charles Star Sanders Trek Pierce is a is a guy who's uh he's named Paul Stamets, which is a weird name. The the guy who's a chief engineer and uh, mm. the mushroom. He's named after a real life life mushroom scientist specialist, mm. a biologist, a mushroom scientist who's actually still alive and can basically see his alter ego. <laughs> flitting around through space and kissing Wilson Cruz and so on and adopting mm-hmm. adopting a kid and everything, which is which is like okay, I was sort of like okay, but what? How does a real Paul? And he even took the first name, not just the last name, which is unusual enough. Uh, Pierce is okay. Lots of people are called Pierce. Yeah, it's not. Su- it, it it stands out because it, you know it's a uh, there's a lot of penetration in this book, um, and he oh, does. Yes. He likes the idea <laughs> of. He likes the, well, he's, you know, as a, studying to be a surgeon, uh, a doctor, you know, there is this, uh, piercing with drugs, with needles, there's piercing with a, a knife, right? Mm-hmm. And as an action, you know, like, um, Donald Westlake's famous character for Richard Stark is Parker. It's a terrible name, right? He, he used it as a throwaway and he regretted it afterwards because he could never write mm-hmm. Parker parked the car. Because <laughs> he just wouldn't, so you had to be careful to not, you know, it's just not a great name, Parker. Pierce is a tip. It's like one of those, you know, if you were gonna change your name as a kid, you want to be tough. You change Dirk, <laughs> something, something sorty, you know. Um, Pierce, though, it was uh, he was like a polymath. He had tons of different writings and tons of different areas, economics and geodesy which is like earth measuring and uh he was he was into basically all of the sciences of the 19th century and he was associated with johns hopkins which i think might be where um he was studying wasn't it was um that right? it wasn't harvard maybe it was harvard i don't know if it was john not so he was at harvard medical school that makes sense yeah when he was writing us also, um, he would have been aware of him for sure, not just beyond the quotes. And I think, because would have been, yeah. I, and I course. think he 
probably saw himself as a guy like that because he has so many varied interests. It's not just the one thing, you know, like I like DNA and I, or I like monkeys or whatever. He likes all of it. Right. He likes yeah, dinosaurs he's, he's and really, likes uh, banks and computers. He likes computers, statistics, uh, chemistry, he likes, uh, Egyptology. hotels, women. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm being planning heists, uh, <laughs> gambling. Also by what, Paul? I'm being invaded by my, uh, my, I'm being invaded by geese. There are geese outside my, uh, porch oh. here. Geese? <laughs> There's three of them. Yeah. I, I, I swear to God. Like, what the hell are they doing here? <laughs> Flying south? So that's that's why you're hearing the honking. Flying I apologize. I, I I didn't hear it. Oh, I guess my my microphone's better than. They're probably flying south. North would would make no north, north or, or maybe the like the way back. Know. Yes, they're yeah, maybe on the way back, and uh, I'm surprised that there's still snow there. <laughs> you're saying, Paul, come on, let's go. <laughs> Can you hear them now? Well, like Neil Tull no. doesn't fly with the geese. We can't hear them. Yeah, no, but yeah, geese are noisy. They can be really, really noisy. Yeah, they, they, well, I can hear them. They're not making me happy. Sorry about that. It's all right. Um, I wanted to uh, uh, think about the ghost who isn't there in this book. Um, he's mentioned, or in, he's not mentioned. It's Franco. Uh, yeah. At one point, <laughs> uh, a bunch of cops show up, right? And our team thinks, oh, this is bad. They, what are the cops doing here? And it turns out that they're checking the place, not, not for, uh, you know, criminals, but for political people, right? Because mm -hmm. the Franco's relative. And because someone is trying to hold a wedding. Yeah. Franco's relative is going to get married there. Yeah. Yeah, they never, never say Franco's name, but never say they, Franco's you know, name. You 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 you, you know who. But you know, uh, you're supposed to know. And, yes. Uh, in 1966, you would have known, and the, of course, it's difficult. Cause, I mean, um, Franco died when I was maybe two or three years old, so I don't really remember. Yeah, it wasn't. It was. I was. Uh, I would have been two then, so I don't consciously. I don't remember him existing. Existing, no. I don't remember seeing him on no. TV. I don't remember his funeral. I my my memory of Spain is the place where people go on holiday. That's right. Day, and that's that joined the European Union. Yep. Union. So to me, there was always a sort of democratic Spain with a king. <laughs> king. That's a, so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, I have a king. Yeah. I, but, I, I know uh, about the same like monarchy. So that's a Spain. I, I've never. It's a, it's a democratic country. Oh, that's in the EU that has a king and a fascist dictator <laughs> as a leader. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds very democratic. Um, it's, yeah, to me, it the most striking thing about the, the history of the 20th century and fascism is that it happens three times, right? Italy and Germany and Spain. And nothing is done about Spain because fascism yeah. is okay when it's on yeah, our time. They didn't mind the fascism. They minded the war. And, Franco's, and it turns into Franco's a vacation spot for all those British who said they hated fascism, right? Yeah, if you remember, there's a bunch the... of movies, uh, British movies, including a relative, I want to say 2010-ish, uh, movies that are set, you know, British in the America, British visiting, uh, this exact place, the, uh, what's it called? The Cote d'Azur? No, that's this. 
Costa Brava. Costa Brava. Right. Costa Brava, which is um, the coast. Uh, Wild coast. Which is coast. the coast on the, the Mediterranean coast on the near on the, the French. On the eastern side of Spain. Cote, it's Cote basically from, it's partly, it's still partly, uh, partly uh, Catalonia. So it's, yes, yeah, Catal- so Catalonia. Apparently so. this was like a specifically an idea marketed, right? So they saw the success of Cannes and Nice and Monte Carlo and the, is encouraged by the James Bond movies and James Bond books, right? And mm-hmm. then the Spanish government says, we can do this too. We've got a nice coast. We could build hotels. This hotel in this story is one year old, right? It's on an island okay, that doesn't exist. At the exist. time, the mass tourism in Spain took off in the, it started in the 1960s. Initially, mm-hmm. it was all of the, nowadays, it's not so much Costa Brava and Costa del Sol and so on. It's nowadays, it's more, more the Balearic Islands and the Can- Canary yeah, Islands. Yeah, but it's also middle but class the, the now. Whereas exists, at that time it was for rich people. Hotels from the mid 60s, from the 60s and 70s. And uh, basically they try to sell their stuff to all of Europe via the early, those uh, very early package, package tours. So you go to a hotel and you get to get your food and everything is all inclusive. Sometimes that's, you yeah. that's in this book, right? They keep their money in their rooms a, oh, and they sign for everything. Phone, when it was still exclusive. Nowadays, it's all like, yeah, they already say about all oh, those German tourists. And I could not just picture those German tourists. I know, I knew exactly whether we booked the trip at the time. Right. Yeah. And these are the hotels. There's also campgrounds and so on. So it was hugely. Hugely popular was and still is. Spain yeah. is still one of the most Mr. popular. Mr. Jim Moon has gone to Spain for, for one of these vacations, right? People we know go there. It's like a, a, a lot the way Canadians treat Mexico, right? It's a place yeah, to go, uh, Mazatlan <laughs> or whatever. It's a place, it's a place to enjoy go, yeah. and it's relax and lay on the beach and yeah. have affairs and all that stuff that we see in here. But they're doing it. In a fascist dictator country, and nobody bats an eye. The closest they come is, oh, you know, the he who shall not be named <laughs> scene, yeah. right? When we're explaining why all these cops are here. I mean, they are worried about getting caught because uh, Spanish prisons are not nice. Also, Spain was still garroting people at this point. The last garrot executions, wow. there were two of them, were in 1974. One of the victims was actually... In East German, who basically had got um, an East German drifter who only got executed because Franco wanted to execute a Catalan anarchist who, well, he was involved in, in a clink of robbery where somewhere a cop was murdered. I don't even know if the anarchist, but he wanted to execute this anarchist. And uh, then everybody says uh, the guy was in Rodin's name, Salvatore Puig Antique. I'm probably misspelling it because I don't speak Catalan. And... Um, and they wanted to execute uh, this guy, Bagarot, and there was a lot of international outcry. So Franco said, find someone else to execute, some general criminal no one will care about. And then they hit about a guy, onto a guy who was named Heinz Schee, at least that's the name he gave. It wasn't mm-hmm. his real name. His real name was Georg Michael Welzel. And he was an East German who had, uh, who had a drifter who was in prison, was then then basically bought, basically West Germany bought out East German prisoners, political prisoners, and they ended up in West Germany. This was a kind of trade everybody knew about it. And now they say like, oh, you don't know. I said, God, I knew about this thing happening when I was like 12, 12. Hmm. Everybody, but yes, uh, because, um, uh, just you gotta pump up the German tourist caught. trade by garroting some yeah. Germans. And, uh, 
this guy actually he had to think he he killed a cop at any rate. At any rate, shot a cop in a cafe because he thought the cop was wanted to arrest him. And so this guy was uh, was garroted too. And his family in East Germany he had a wife and some two or three children. They had no idea what had happened to him. Yeah, this guy just stopped writing, writing. And then a Spanish TV, shortly after the fall of the wall, a Spanish TV team, TV team suddenly was in front of the door of the wife, the widow of this guy. How do you feel and about his, your husband having said, been derided? And he said, the wife of this guy, of Georg Michael Welter. And she said, oh, have you found him? And they were like, oh, you don't know? So, yeah, this is a terrifying, terrible story. Also, yeah. do you know the song Spanish Bombs by The Clash, the no. punk band? I do not. No. It's exactly about this. Uh-huh. Not about the book, but about the problem of going on holiday in Spain, Spain to the Costa Brava. I think it's actually mentioned in the song, mm. song, uh, and, um, going on holiday in Spain while knowing about the, that it's a fascist dictatorship, knowing about mm-hmm. the Spanish Civil War, still seeing the bullet. They say that, like, there's some bullet holes, holes in the wall and, Wall and but we are here having fun and in the sun. It's a really good song. It's a favorite wow. of mine. I can send you the link because <laughs> I don't really. I'll send. You, I'll look it up on YouTube and send you the link because it's a great song. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's also it's, it has hard hitting lyrics. Yes, because it's a favorite. I'm getting it very quickly now. I'm getting now. Going on here, speaking speaking songs while Cora does that, the song that I kept thinking about a lot as I was reading this, listening to this novel, is the song by a Pet Shop Boys called Opportunities. Mm, I can know. program a I can program a computer. Let me hold. Let me find the lyrics to that. Mm. Now we're gonna play the lyrics. <laughs> lyrics yeah. for songs. One with the lyrics. Yeah, it has the lyrics. Okay, I've got one with the lyrics. I'll put it in the chat to link. The YouTube link. There isn't a video, but it's not live. Where's the chat? Ah, oh, here's the chat. Okay, I'll put the link in. Because it's exactly about that. <laughs> that going to, going to Spain on holiday and, um, also while knowing what happens there. And, uh, also it's, uh, the, per- the person, person from whose point of view the song is, is, um, kind of haunted because seeing phantoms of executions and everything and people shot shot and knows uh, what happens there and in the middle there's a bit about Irish terrorists because well it's a, yeah. it's a British song from the early 80s mm. 80s so uh, it's well, probably also bloodiest songs because I think well, there's every, every, almost every verse is about people getting killed in some kind of uh, kind of terror and it was bombs and uh, and every and uh, and uh, shootings and I want to talk about the bridge. I've always liked this song. Let's talk about the bridge. So there's a scene that's very iconic. I think it will stand out in my mind for a while in this book. Um, and it seems to be a Michael Crichton-y scene. <laughs> I, Michael Crichton-y scene? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because, you know, you think of a fellow K. Dickey scene, you know what it is. There's a robot in the room. There's a husband who thinks the robot's cheating on on him with his wife and the lady has sweaty boobs, right? And there's a cup of coffee on the table. Ones. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um so yeah. that that's a Philip K. Dicky scene. We've read quite a few Crichtons now and um you can sort of start to picture and shape what this would be, but I thought this one was particularly striking. When he takes the Aqualung and he goes uh down the um he goes down and sets the charges this is uh one of the bridge scenes. There's another bridge scene um that's similar, 
And that's, um, when he goes, uh, actually in that one, uh, in that particular bridge scene, while he's setting the charges, some couple stops on the bridge and, mm-hmm. uh, start arguing about whether she packed the razor or not. And it's sort of supposed to be like a tension building scene, but I was like, why did they stop on the bridge? <laughs> um, and he, he, he's like, I'm exposed. They could hear me. Uh, they could see me if they just looked down, right? Um, he's, yep. he's setting the charges, but there's a one, a scene earlier than that where, uh, he goes and he's pretends to love flowers or he actually does love flowers. And he makes sure everybody knows this and it not, never really pays off, right? Because the book derails itself, uh, with the, what turns out to be another, uh, scheme going on at the same time. And in that, in that scene, he, he's, he's observed by the staff stopping at the bridge, looking out, going down, coming back with an arm full of poppies. Right. He had established that he, like flowers, and right? He, he set himself up that he that goes this to was his a room. Normal thing for him to do, and he yeah. puts he replaces the old flowers which he's kept in the glass, and he puts these new wildflowers in uh, the the glass. But we're also told the reason for all of this happening is because he was leaving a note uh, to somebody under the bridge, and I'm like, that's a very specific thing, right? This is a very interesting aside. And to me, that kind of, um, I've never seen that quite in anybody else's book because it, it's almost like a James Bond, you know, uh, dread, dead drop sort of thing, but he's doing it, uh, as a, as a kind of tourist playing dead drop. He's doing it as a tourist playing, uh, thief. Mm-hmm. And, uh, to me, I think it shows like the way this, novels written is he went to the hotel uh, in real life. Crank went to a hotel in the Cote d'Azur somewhere, right? And, Costa Brava. Yeah, Costa Brava. <laughs> sorry, Costa Brava. And he's in... Costa Cote d'Azur is... Fr- is yeah, so it's the same uh, thing, but uh, up the coast, it's bit, right? It's, yeah, it's further up the coast, yeah. yes. Yeah, and it's older. So we've got, we've got this guy. He goes to a hotel. He soaks it all in, including all these weird people at the hotel, all the staff. And he's observing them like he's James Bond. And he says, but I'm not James Bond. I don't know anything about that. But I do like money. Or I do like this. And I do understand jewels. And I understand needing money. And so I'm going to think I'm like a thief. And then why would I do all of these things? Like, why do people do aqua? So, like, it's it's set up to be a vacation. Um, And it is kind of a vacation. And he derails the plot that he's been setting up. But he's also, because, because of the literally 24 characters with names, right? And there's other characters with no names, the cops and stuff. Um, yeah. Because of also, that. Also, all the random people they, yeah. they talk to, talk to the, like, oh, there's this boring doctor and right. the Italian, uh, what was the architect and all those, the mistress, all sorts of random people show up. He's, he's actually, this the is hotel. a confection. This is not a, uh, you know, cut of beef kind of book. It's a confection where he's, he's setting it up and he's constructing it. And then he says, and I'm going to surprise the reader late in the book with what turns out to be another pair, a set of thieves. Right. Um, and we get, when we get to, uh, some this lady who loves bananas <laughs> and she's got her, um, she's bananas for them. She's bananas <laughs> for them. And she, she also has a, uh, 
chauffeur who, who she doesn't want to treat as a servant. And you think like, what is their relationship? And uh, we come away from the book like saying, well, that was a derailment, right? But, but what ultimately uh, happens? They come to an agreement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Which is yeah, like, that's a complete they, derailment of, of all of these things. So he's doing quite a lot. Um, and if it was his first book, which I, I think it probably wasn't, probably second or third or whatever. Um, he's he doing does pretty have some good. Beginning writers' issues here, which aren't that uh, he had ho- he hops between he had hops between different uh, point of view characters. Yeah. That's not something he does in the later book. So it is a, it is an early one. It's not. I'm not sure if it really was the first one he wrote. It's a it's a bit messy. Messy. The, the later ones are. Oh, the, just think like of how of simple the one we started. Type. Yeah, we started with binary, and that is the simplest one, right? right. It's basically two people mirror images of each other and we're only seeing it mostly from one's point of view and the other one looking at it looking at himself from the other guy's point of view by reading a dossier right so it's it's incredibly simple and and i think that's why that book is like better as a a piece of fiction it's it it's it's faster paced it has fewer characters it's simpler the psychology is present the same kind of psychology and Honestly, there's some, uh, it's almost like he's trying to figure out two things. One, how can I sell books? Uh, sex sells. I'm going to have sex in it. And two, what, what do women want and how do their brains work? I have no idea. Yeah, it's, it's a <laughs> yeah. bit, uh, the stuff about the marijuana haze, that is experimental, and, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, he tries to write from a woman's. The other, none of the other books really had a lot of female point of view. This the binary has a lot one of female woman point of view in scene. one scene, and yeah. he clearly doesn't really know a lot about women. Women, except okay, uh, they have sex, but maybe not with me, but with someone else. And uh, there's a lot yeah, of sex in this book. Women characters, sort of, of the younger women characters, sort of. Um, like it, it would have been probably better if we had gotten fewer, if we wouldn't have gotten as much point of view scenes of these these women because he doesn't really get women. Well, at this point that, that, yeah. that scene where she's she's being tortured and, <laughs> and <laughs> it's, she's uh, she's high on the calf he calls it, which I guess yeah. might, might be Spanish for for marijuana. I've never heard of that particular one. Um, I've never I'm I'm not a marijuana user i've never had it but that doesn't sound like what i've heard yeah, <laughs> like it translates pain into pleasure i don't think like, so okay instead of torture yeah. you suddenly want sex it's like okay no i, I, I can get maybe, maybe yeah get the you. whole too kinky to torture bit was like uh come on really yeah <laughs> you know better michael Crichton. you have a medical degree medical degree this is stupid. i don't, yeah. I, don't well, I don't know like, i think he might know better know but he's also selling books <laughs> he's selling books right so, he's, he's selling books but you know it's, it's, it's like and he's not like using his, his own name <laughs> no also, yeah, there's I, more sex in this one than i think in in any of the, yes, the others all of the, all of the others. others there's a lot of sex in this one also random i mean we don't really need to see brian with his live-in live-in girlfriend uh, friend whom he who actually sort of forgets later on mm-hmm. because she doesn't matter we don't need this same person and see him having sex with her at all she doesn't it's, it, uh, it, yes, was, uh, it was. It uh, was. I um, think he was aiming at the sleaze publishers who did these uh, these uh, sleaze paperbacks, like the newest well, camp one. Uh, we did yeah. brother and sister, and brother and sister doesn't have very much sex compared to this, right? 
We did uh, another one. Uh, uh, Sin was uh, nudist camp. Almost no sex compared to this. So the sleaze market is actually like slightly different, and also it's, that's slightly earlier. This is like late sixties, whereas or mid yeah. mid late sixties. You have more sex from the mid sixties on. But like some also, of the sex know, scenes in here probably was already writing, and he had a lot of sex and international stuff. Had to check out. His stuff, my, his stuff was all over my parents' bookshelf, so I just don't like it at all. Some of the sex scenes in here are actually like, like very well done. Like I was like, yeah, oh, well they're not badly written. Yeah, no, they're <laughs> like, like he's like, oh, he's very good at this. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not sure we need this for the plot. I'm not sure we need this scene again. Yeah. Actually, um, but how I was impressed by was, how um, slick they were. He right in the early 60s, so in mid-60s, mm-hmm. so he was a contemporary, so maybe he was going after the Harold Robbins market. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. And, well, he couldn't have gone after, let's, uh, let me check something I, I, I think if you look at like, the original paperback, these are, these are designed to be in the same place those Donald Westlake and Richard Stark, not, well, mostly Richard Stark crime novels are. And this is a crime novel. You've got a guy on, on the original cover, you've got a guy holding a girl and a handful of jewels in the other hand, right? It's, it's about a heist. And then the novel thing from the back of the book is, oh, it's planned by a computer. And I'm like, oh, maybe the computer is actually in charge. It's like a, a early vision of um, William Gibson's Neuromancer, right? <laughs> or, or, or Colossus, the Forbidden Brother. Yeah, yeah. But except it would have to be like Colossus had nukes, right? This, this, All this thing has is programming or whatever. It all has this program. Yeah, but, but I, wanted to, I wanted to quote the lyrics for the for the audience that I put into the chat. Mm-hmm. Um you can tell I'm educated. I study at the Sorbonne. Da- doctrine of mathematics, I could have been done. I can program a computer, choose the perfect time. If you've got the inclination, I have got the crime. So what I was with is like he's using his computer to min-max solutions for a crime. Mm. It's like, oh, my God, this is the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> yeah, uh, I One mean, it's early. fascinating. Uh, Michael Crichton is, is, uh, predicting, uh, is predicting songs written away. <laughs> Well, like after this book came out. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's like using a computer to min-max solutions and come up with. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, he even goes to the point of he even kind of explains garbage in, garbage out. So like, if you don't mm-hmm. have the data, you think you can't act. No, he knows what he's talking about when he, he comes he, he when it comes to this computer knows. and like even I, the programming of it with the cards, right? I, That's all how it was done. I, I mean, even if it becomes later a raging uh, technophobe in some ways, or like. Screaming, I haven't screaming read those about, books. We'll, we'll yeah, get to so them. Those, we'll get to them. I hope not. Um, they're uh, not good. I they're not good. The, uh, How many of them have you read, Paul? Skip the later ones. Well, the let's see. I don't know. Too many. Uh, okay. Seem to get a lot worse after after what I think Jurassic Park, Park was probably. the last decent one. Was yeah. the last good one or so on? Yeah, I expect. Yeah, he I got expect a lot that. worse from the mid, but. I'm actually surprised how how good most of these. Okay, the Venom mm-hmm. business wasn't all that great, but no. how how good most of these. Uh, it was it was because of what it was. It was just too much time spent with horrible people. Yeah. It wasn't badly written because it started no, off no. terrific. He's a good right? writer. He's a very, no, he's he's a very good, good writer. writer. He knows a lot of stuff. Yeah. Did you? I actually did have you? a lot more respect for him now. I've been reading these, and I ha- used to have for him. Mm-hmm. He was just like, oh, the, this uh, guy who writes these books, which made blockbuster movies. <laughs> And did you did PR, which the, I didn't like. Sorry. <laughs> Go for it, Paul. Did you catch the To Catch a Thief reference in the novel? 
Um, no, but I, I did think of the movie. Um, because, because they, they talk about the doctor's wife having their jewel stone in cans. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, oh, that's, you're doing a thief thing here. And it's quite, I mean, this it's movie's kind of a lot too. like that. You're, yeah, it's like, like we're, we're on a beautiful coast and we have thieves and, and, th- and things going, things that's going actually wrong. is the Côte d'Azur. To catch the thief mm-hmm. is actually, mm-hmm. yeah. and was filmed on the Côte d'Azur. I, 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 I'm so sad that the Rollcon in Nice idea has still never taken off car because I would like to see that terrain for myself after ever, after seeing Catch the Thief of the Front. It's like, I would love to go see that area. It's like, it's nice. Yeah, it's, I, uh, I, I, I really kind of nice. I'm not sure I want to drive along that, that road because it's, uh, it's, oh, it's, very, it's, it's I probably, mean, it's probably I mean, terrifying Grace to Kelly drive. I died on the same road where she, where she, um, uh, where yeah. she filmed To Catch the Thief. I think she I also know. met, That's... she met, uh, Prince, what, Prince, uh, Country, what is his, his, whatever his English title is, title is. At any rate, she, she met him Count while filming <laughs> To Catch the Thief and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, she, she, uh, the she guy she married, a... the ruler of of Monaco. Mm. She met him while filming to catch the thief, and she later died on the very same road where she shot this famous uh, this I, famous car. <laughs> there's some very strange karma about that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But yes, so yeah, so I I I, I like I like that little bit. Um, there's there's a there's another quote that came to mind, a book quote. Um, I don't know if we I don't I don't know if there's actually a an audio book of it, but we should, we should probably, but this makes me think we should do Stancilal Lem and maybe not even Solaris. Um, what book? There's a, I don't know, but because, because the, because the quote I'm thinking is, does not have a, uh, does not have an audio book. So years ago when the world was young, I got a, got one of those programmable computer uh, calculators back in the eighties mm-hmm. and it came with a manual and the manual had lots of, it wasn't just like straight up how to do things. It was almost like, Almost like told like and told like almost like bits of um it, essays sort of bits, and they had quotations at the beginning of every mm-hmm. chapter of how to do things. And at the chapter one things about the uh, statistics, it gives a quote from the investigation, which is a Sanzolem novel. And the last sentence of that quote, which is the only thing I can remember from that quote, is the intelligent person is the statistical person. Statistical person. The intelligent person is the. T- Statistical person, yes. Mm. Blah, 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 blah. Then that, again, that's, again, that's something very tying in with this novel. You're like, mm-hmm. statistics and numbers and probability. And I don't well, think there's a um, sense of what, it, Pierce. I don't think there's going to be a book of that one. No, I but, don't think you're, I think you're right. That's a fairly so, obscure one. The guy I mentioned, yeah, I, I, Charles I, I, Pierce. I've read, I've read, read, all of the yeah. lamps I've read have been in German, trans- have been German translated lamps because uh, yeah. we got uh, the German translations via East Germany. So that's uh, so yeah. I, I I read it after after finding after reading that quote. It's like, well, who's Sansalalem? I read that book and then I found, oh, Solaris. This looks interesting and went right back. Um, you know what Sansalalem we could do, uh, Jesse? Um, Return from the Stars. Have Is you read that, that one, Cora? Uh, um, yes, I, I have. I said. But you like uh, it? uh, it's, uh, yes, I understand it? which one this is. I have told you, I always have to look up the, the German titles, okay. titles, uh, which is it one? Ah, yes, now I know which one it is. I'm not the same, one. the title is pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, an astronaut goes on a long space mission, comes back to Earth and finds society has changed very, very much and mm-hmm. has to, he has to deal with it. It's like, he's like, he's like gone like 150 years or something like that. And so 
He's a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, it's a good Joe book. Haldeman, but uh, in in Russia um, or Poland, yeah. I guess. But but just that one section. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's not going back and back in time. He's this is one section. But mm-hmm. I, I I propose Jesse, we do return from the stars. That sounds good. Uh, oh, I wanted to I wanted to talk about um what you you were your quote there you pulled Paul from mm-hmm. Lamb. Um, yep. it reminds me. Most people don't know about uh, Charles Pierce. I, I, I briefly studied him because he was related to William James in that he's a, there's this American philosophers phenomenon as opposed to European philosophers or ancient philosophers. And um, he was what he's really known for is he's uh, either the father or the grant. I think his father of pragmatism. Pragmatism is because that has an ism on the end, you think, oh, it's an ideology. <laughs> but actually, um, it's anti-ideology. It is about statistics. It's about like, well, let's be real here. What is likely to happen, right? You you say you want to be a, a ballerina, but number one, you're paralyzed. Number two, you're a dude. <laughs> so, yes, you know, in these times, you can trans transition to another gender, uh, that's possible. But the fact that you're paralyzed means that your career is not going to be probably very long or good. So are you sure that this is the ballerina is the place you want to go? Or maybe, you sh- I mean, I'm sort of uh, underplaying or playing for comedy what pragmatism is. But it's like, let's be realistic here. I'd like to have a Ferrari, but I can't afford a Ferrari. But there is this Toyota that looks like a Ferrari and has much better... Uh, you know, future reliability and gas, uh, gas mileage. Yeah, it's reliable. Gas mileage is good, but more importantly, parts are cheap, right? And it doesn't break down. So, what are we gonna do? And this is like something, you know, it's the opposite of being a dreamer, right? A person who always has plans, heads in the stars, and not thinking, uh, what, you know, like I think if we think about how, um, how smart Michael Crichton is. He, he he's clearly incredibly smart, um, and he also is trying to navigate the fact that yeah, he can't actually be James Bond because <laughs> first of all, he's American, <laughs> and second of all, he's six foot nine. <laughs> Spies uh, who are six foot nine don't you know? And also, so- no one really is James Bond. Ian Fleming was a spy, but he wasn't James Bond. He no, wanted to be but, James Bond. But even, <laughs> but even if you look at like what Ian Fleming's doing with James Bond, he's making it a comedy. It always was a comedy. It always will be a comedy. It is based on some real things that happened, but he started it off as a comedy. Dr. No has a, you know, uh, a, 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 it's, it's got a dragon, Right. This guy's doing immortality. He's got mechanical hands. Right. And the government's paying for a guy to go to a casino. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I think the, no, the casino scene in what Casino Royale. Yeah. Um, but Fleming the, actually said he tried to do the same thing to in, I think, Casablanca or somewhere mm. to some, some, uh, there were some, some guys, everybody knew they were German spies and he tried to, to say like, oh, okay, I'm going to win, uh, win big for Britain and uh, take the Nazis' money. And what happened was that the German guys won, and <laughs> Fleming <laughs> lost and got a dressing down from his boss. Right, he's not dressing yeah, down. Yeah, no, he's playing. He's even Ian Fleming, 
who's not James Bond, knows that he can't be James Bond. So this heightened reality thing that you get with fiction is kind of the compromise that it's like, I th- I think, think this is why Pierce resonates with him so much is, yeah, I'm smart, but I'm not smart enough to, you know, change my height and no longer be. Uh... <laughs> so he, he does play with these characters being, and he's also very, uh, it's not neurotic, which, which is more like Philip K. Dick. He's very, um, self-aware. So when in binary, he is looking at the characters, uh, why their motivations like they are, right? One of them, he's, his dick doesn't work, Paul, just like in this book, right? That line. Um, mm-hmm. and that's why he has to start an anti-Republican party, uh, assassination movement or whatever it is. And, in, uh, and, and then our main character, he's got a motivation. He's, he's got like, he knows he shouldn't be doing these things, but he can't help it. And also, I don't want to think about it. And then he reads the dossier saying all that stuff and say, yeah, goddammit. <laughs> so that's really good. Like, this is what he's bringing to the table. He is not just like, no. um, he's not just going through the motions. He's got a big axe to grind and it's a Michael Creighton shaped axe. Yeah. Also, I think yeah. Creighton is the kind of guy who, Whoever he went, he always, uh, he, he was probably, he was always, I think he was always planning crimes in his mind. Yes, like, oh, how clearly. could I rob this place? <laughs> how could I murder someone? How could I smuggle something through this, uh, uh smuggling some, is very much through this airport. In yes, through the yeah. airport. He was always, uh, he was probably always planning crimes in his head and mm-hmm. said, okay, he's not going to do them in reality, but he can do them on the page. I mean, um, <laughs> I yep. plan to, I hated my sports teacher. And had a brilliant idea how to kill the guy, guy, how to poison his cigarettes. Had a brilliant idea. One day I'm going to put it in a, in a, in a crime novel because, hey, it's my idea. I, pl- I never did it because, hey, I'm not the person who murders a sports teacher, even if he's a jerk. <laughs> also, it's kind of like low stakes okay, to murder your sports it's teacher. Like, it's my crime. I planned it. Planned it. I still think it's pretty damn brilliant. And one day I'm going to put it in a crime novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like Agatha Christie, but she works in a, in a, uh, hospital, right? And oh, she learns, oh, uh, these are poisons. They're also medicines, right? And then yeah. what she do? She says, I- I'm going to use them to kill people in every book. <laughs> yeah, of course. She, she had the knowledge, uh, knowledge when a lot of, I mean, uh, also a lot of toxic substances were much less controlled, even in, in Christie's, uh, in Christie's day and let alone before. I mean, why do we have so many, other, many women, especially, especially trying, uh, getting rid of unwanted relatives, husbands, Poisonous. parents, children with arsenic? Because simply it was, oh, it was everywhere. It was very yeah, You could use it to kill rats. Yes, it was used to kill rats. Uh, we have a famous arsenic um, serial killer in Bremen. She was the last woman publicly executed, publicly executed, and she... She's uh, still famous, famous, and the, the place where her head rolled. I have to look up how many people she exactly she killed. But she was a uh, she, she murdered mostly family members. Oh, I actually good. played her in um, I actually played her in a play in the theater once. Yeah, that's a theater play about. Cora's like, about hey, hey, how many I don't care what role you all play, but I need to play this poisoner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It reminds me. Um, um, I, I still visit. Uh, I visit her. I just. Um, she, uh, she. It was a typical 19th century murder. I'll put her her name and her story in the in the chat. And uh, the stone. There's a stone. 
there's a place marked, uh, there's a stone, a paving stone marked with a cross where her head rolled. And it's tradition that people suppose that people spit on it. Wow. And actually, I don't think the stone is anywhere where the, where the head rolled because uh, they repaved the entire area at least once in my lifetime the stone is and they probably did not put the stone in the right place. I always get angry when people park at the stone because it's like, hey, this is a tourist attraction. You're not supposed to park on top of it. You are allowed to... to You're spit. supposed to come spit, spit on it, not... Either. I don't spit on the stone either, but uh, but whenever I'm in that part of the city, it's not directly next to the cathedral. I visit her. I visit it. I say, oh, I'm going to visit Gisha and uh, visit the stone. <laughs> her so, head was actually in the local museum, preserved <laughs> in Formaldehyde, but they lost it in World War Two, which is probably for the best. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, but she was around. really. She killed, I think, fourteen people or something like that. At any rate, she murdered two husbands and her parents, her children, lovers, lovers, it neighbors. Like she was <laughs> mentally ill. It's not. Yeah. It's like she was she killing one warm. one gym teacher is enough, I think, for most people. <laughs> <laughs> I did not kill the guy. He was. Uh, in, he probably even is still alive. I don't know. I haven't heard of him in that from. Yes, uh, I looked him up a while ago. He was still alive, and he was he had actually moved to another school and was now the headmaster. Oh, all right. Well, I think we. Because well, I was good. curious what happened to uh, what happened to him. <laughs> what what's left in the uh, in the? I think we got zero cool, and there's another another one. Scratch, scratch one or scratch what is it called? One. Scratch one. Right. So I don't know anything about them other than they're both hard case crime available. Zero cool. Um, I think had one with a girl on the cover. <laughs> yeah, all have girls on the cover. The hard case crimes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's see what this says. Uh, this one looks very similar to the original, or the one where we've got today. The original cover that is Signet 1969. It says fifth published, fourth to feature a pseudonym, released in '69 under the pseudonym John Lang. An American doctor goes to Spain. Hey. To present a paper yeah, at a conference <laughs> and take a holiday. He meets a mysterious woman and is asked to perform an autopsy on a member of the underworld. He finds himself in a conspiracy to obtain a jewel. That sounds all right, but oh, maybe we don't need to go to Spain right away. Let's look at Scratch uh, the other one. one's in France. Ah. <laughs> scratch one is apparently in France. <laughs> all right, let's have a look at that one. All right, it says... Second, and he's not a doctor. Second novel to be published... Uh, second novel under his pseudonym. Uh, 192 pages. Roger Carr has a lot going for him. He's handsome, charming, privileged, who practices law. More as a means of support for his playboy lifestyle than a career. This sounds a lot like Michael Crichton. Yeah, thanks this to, sounds like yeah. Crichton. <laughs> thanks to his father, who is a powerful politician, Carr has many connections. For this reason, his law associates tolerate him and keep him around. Uh, Carr is sent to Nice, France, for a job by one of his wealthy political connections to find and secure a purchase of a villa. So this sounds a little bit like the setup for Dracula. Right. Oh, I, I think he's doing a bit. It's, uh, actually, it sounds more like Norse uh, because he's uh, mistaken for a CIA agent. That sounds more like Norse. Oh, well, I haven't got that far. Why maybe, we, um, it's, maybe it's Dracula, Dracula crossed with Norse by Northwest, which would be cool. Why don't we do that one next? All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's the next open slot, Paul? Um, six twenty-five. All right. You want to pop it in there? Does that work for you, Cora? Yeah. Uh, six twenty-five. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Nothing planned that I know what, of on that day. What's the title again? Scratch one. 
Scratch one by Michael Crichton. Crichton. Uh, I learned to spell his name. It was easier to pronounce it like it looks. Crichton. Yeah. It says, background, Crichton wrote the book while traveling through Europe on a travel fellowship. Wow, how come I don't get travel fellowships? He, <laughs> he visited the Cannes Film Festival and the Monaco Grand Prix and decided, quote, any idiot should be able to write a potboiler set in Cannes and Monaco and wrote it in 11 days. He later <laughs> described the book as no good. Uh-oh. Mind you, well, we'll they're often wrong about good. these things, these early writers. <laughs> don't ask writers to say which, which of their books is good because yeah. uh, usually they won't say they won't say the right one. Well, I, yeah, probably. Usually it's whatever one just came out. <laughs> the best <laughs> one ever. Yeah. So well, that, that's the one that's on most on their mind. Yeah, well, also it's a way of selling the book. If you say, you know, I'm not sure this one works. <laughs> Nobody's going to pick up that one. Right. Uh, true. But honestly, um, the things I liked, the stories I like, I really liked and worked a lot on, they're not usually the ones that sell the best, the ones I like the best. Also, mm. the ones I think are really good. Because the ones that sell the best are sometimes things like that I dashed off in a, dashed off, off really quickly, yeah, quickly because be. I had an idea and oh, it's Christmas and I have an idea for a Christmas story and that one sells and sells and sells and mm. sells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, just like a tweet. You don't know which one's going to be the popular one. <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> no. And authors are not unknown to be not very good, uh, good judges of the work. I mean, uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, since we talked about him, he liked all of, he, he liked his, all of his, his fairy stuff and so on much, much more than, yeah. than Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes, well, yeah. Sherlock Holmes is the one that made him famous. Yeah. Or, um, Georgette Heyer, whom I don't think we've never done anything no, by her. No, I've never done any. No. By her. She would be, actually would be a pretty good idea. She, she wrote, she sort of serious yeah, we talked about doing uh, historical yeah. novels were doing yeah. one. I, 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 I read one not long ago because, I was talked into reading a Regency romance, so I read. Um, so I, I read. I, I liked that. We like, were going to oh. do a Gothic romance really too, good. but we haven't done Except that. Except she has a problem with some um, this an anti-Semitism problem. In some mm. That's what I've been told. Yeah, we don't have to do the with this the Grand Sophie and this another another one. I think Arabella and Venetia are both quite quite good. Uh, there's a, she also has mystery. She wrote mystery. She has a lot of a lot of good ones. I think they're all still in print. <laughs> mm. Oh, so, speaking of which, Cora, you'll you'll be interested to know that the forthcoming Charles Strauss Laundry Files novel is basically a Regency romance with. Yeah, Chagas. I saw that that tweet, and um, it, 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 I was it, like, uh, I'm okay. I'm not sure sure if uh, Charles because um, my all the experiences with Charles Strauss was okay. Uh, Better not try to write, uh, write romance again because uh, it didn't work at all. But that was, of course, a book which is twenty years old by now. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it was. Del- I found it delightful. Yeah. Okay. Maybe this one will be the, the stress which finally wins me over because. Uh, <laughs> He's a lovely person. He's a yeah, lovely, I, I, he's a nice I, I, guy. He's a really great guy in person when you meet yeah, him. Yeah, I, 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 I did him in Helsinki. Tragedy, but he's a great, per, great guy in person. Really lovely and uh, lovely, but uh, his books just never really do it for me. I mean, okay. I know, I know, I, like I, 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 
I know our friend um, Olaf is upset that he doesn't. He seems to write just two series these days and yeah. not more stuff. But he's got to yeah, eat. That's a serious hell. I don't blame him. Yeah, it's just like he's making money on them, so he's making a living, so, you know. Yeah, he needs to eat. He needs to eat. He needs to, <laughs> to live somewhere. <laughs> yeah, like, so, yeah, so. Also, um, what is it? Is it uh, does he live in Edinburgh? I think Edinburgh or Glasgow. Yeah, he, anyway, yeah. it's not that cheap there, so. No, he lives in Edinburgh, yeah. Yes, Edinburgh. Edinburgh well, is not cheap, so. Yeah, I hope to see him next year at Worldcon in Glasgow. Yeah, we I hope to see you know. next year, Glasgow. Hopefully. Yeah, I, I really hope you can see me. I mean, uh, what kept me at home mostly was uh, was also that uh, I couldn't leave my mom and my dad alone with my mom. But is right. now she's in nursing home. My dad can take care of himself. Next con is actually MetropolCon in Berlin in May. Right. right and then so I'm not sure if I'll do that's a that's a new German one in Berlin. And it's in it's in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Which is actually fairly easy because I just have to basically get, uh, I have to change trains once, uh, once or maybe twice I have to check out because I may, may just do the, the cheap uh, 49 euro ticket even if I have to take a regional train because I have to change trains anyway. There's no direct train, train. So you Europeans yep. and your trains. Yeah. Uh, uh, Safer than American Berlin trains. Jesus. It's so, so close. Oh God. Don't honest, even get yeah, me started. It's a, oh it God. would be a waste of time to fly. You don't, you can fly to Berlin. There are, there are flights, but honestly, it's pro, is just as fast or probably faster. So I can just take the train and it's cheaper. All right. Well, also, thank I don't you very much, everybody. Berlin thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. No, you're very welcome. Yes. Um, uh, you, 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 you suffered through this one very uh, carefully, Paul. Thank you. This, the, the, this, this, was, one, this one was better. This one was, I mean, this one was not the heights of the earlier ones, but it was not the mess that was the Venom business. No, but there's some good stuff in here. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah Venom oh. business was, it was, it was just wrong. Venom <laughs> business long. was just awful people. Yeah, you can't These hang were, out with those people. No, I liked a lot cool. about it. Was a, it was a mess, but I also liked a lot. And I love Miss Shaw. Miss Shaw is awesome. Yeah. I want the Miss Shaw, I want to do the Miss Shaw high series. It's weird. I mean, she says like, that's what she does. She, every so often she goes and pulls a high stick. It's, it's literally the Parker books, except with a, you know, <laughs> Agatha Christie style character. Yeah. Miss Marple. It's a weird Mar- concept. It's an evil Miss Marple. It's an evil Miss Marple. Yeah. She doesn't. Uh, she's not oh, evil. Way, so she's hilarious. just a criminal. No, she's a, she's a, she's a criminal, Miss yeah. Marple. She, does she doesn't kill violent. people. I mean, she she's just thinks it's blowing up bridges and setting fires. Umbrella. Oh, that's quite awful. Also, <laughs> setting a fire in a nightclub. Would you, can you imagine the film if they tried to make this, if they tried to make this, like, not a period piece. If they tried to make this today, uh, as a film, you know, in the IBM computer, et cetera. Um, <laughs> could they market, mm. could they market this movie successfully? Cause I was thinking a little bit about those glass, the glass onion movie and the other yeah, one. Yeah. I think right. it would work. Um, uh, knives out. Yeah. It's done yeah. as almost a comedy, right? Like it's not a comedy. It's, oh. it's more Agatha Christie than it is anything, but it's, it's also bizarre. Agatha Christie for yeah. people who are. And out, uh, for people, well, actually aimed at people who saw the, who watched the Agatha Christie movies, right, right. Or the Peter Ustinov and Miss Marvel ones. It's and the at casting them. is and amazing. There's a lot of updated Agatha Christie stuff around, actually, mm-hmm. especially yeah. in movies. I mean, 
Has have any of you seen Death in Paradise? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, I did see that. That's a uh, it's it's very it's, traditional, I guess, a Christie yeah. type or Golden Age of Crime locked room type impossible mystery. But set in the Caribbean, yeah. with um, uh, with a uh, well, there's always a fish out of water British cop who mm-hmm. is a really good detective and otherwise a complete uh, idiot in different ways. But mm-hmm. uh, while well, one guy is Irish, but uh, there's a succession of them. And then there's a bunch of uh, and then there's a local cops. They also changed around a few times. Times there's usually at least one female cop and uh, cop and uh, two two male and two male cops and so on. So they have uh, the, nice the cops, the local cops. A lot of the cast is, is black, it's set in the Caribbean, so it's, uh, it feels really, really, it's very old fashioned traditional mysteries in a completely different mm-hmm. setting than you normally see them. That's yeah, fun. <laughs> and it's very, very well made. I, I'm, I would, I'd be astounded if they could manage to make this movie and keep the twist that he has coming. Because <laughs> it, it is, it's it wouldn't choice. work without the twist. I mean, if, yeah, otherwise book, it's just a regular book, heist movie. It, has to, have it had to have something. I knew something was going to go wrong, but I had no idea that was what it... And yeah, then when and I started the inkling, when I started the inkling, I'm thinking, wait, are there a bunch of female, all these females that we're meeting, are they an uh, alternative team of heisters? Yeah. And uh, the also answer is kind of, yeah. All the women, are they the, the, are they the competition? Are yeah. the women working together? And I actually thought, uh, well, I actually thought maybe true. it's Charles, the mastermind of the women, but yeah. it wasn't completely, only one woman was involved, yeah. Cynthia. But, uh, I, that was a, a fun, a fun move. And it was, <laughs> uh, I didn't see it coming. The book wouldn't be, I uh, probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much if, if not for this twist at the end. The twist was yeah, just no, it was so by the numbers pretty that it, much, right? That it made up for the not so great stuff early on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, thanks. Um, have a great weekend. Yeah, um, you too. See you. Yep, uh, thank you. Well, Bye, Paul. And uh, are you having? Are you gaming today, Paul? Um, I actually was supposed to, but we've canceled because we have someone who's not available, so I will not be. Oh yeah, so you have weather and snow, so it's probably yes. <laughs> better yeah. not yeah. to go out. Yeah. Oh, so by the yeah, way, so my mom thanks you for the birthday wishes. Oh. oh. Happy, yeah, I, I get to meet Cora's mom back in Helsinki. I heard. Yeah, you mentioned yeah, so we have a relationship now, apparently. So she knows, she knows who, she knows who you, who you are. Oh yes, Paul, of course I know who Paul is. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't know Paul? <laughs> and known by grandmothers all over Germany. <laughs> known by people my around the world. No, Paul never met any of my grandmothers. The last one died <laughs> in 1996. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, they That's all died. I was a late baby of late babies, so all my grandparents were a lot older than me. I was actually born on the 70th birthday of one of my grandmas. And so um, I, I only ever had three grandparents to begin with. And since 1996, <laughs> 1996, I haven't had any left. And well, that was careless back. of you to lose them all. That, that was a move. Did you guys see the, did you see the, uh, did you see the geese? I said, I did. I saw, I geese. see it on Twitter. Yeah. Just, just in case you guys are making I it up. You. No, they yeah, look, no, I they look foreign. Oh yes, I see the. Well, I they see look the like geese. foreign invaders. Oh yes, they're the geese. <laughs> yes, they're the geese. Podcast crashing geese. It's new. We had a panel. Panel at um the which one was it, it was uh New Zealand. So there's a completely virtual world con. We had a panel crashed by a Mexican street vendor, which is also fun. Hmm. 
<laughs> fun. There was a one of the panelists was in Mexico, Mexico, and uh, she was and she said like, oh, I'm sorry. And I said like, it was a moderator. I said like, there's some kind of noise in your background. Is it the radio or what? She said, no, it's a street weather. I'm sorry. And I said, okay, well, that's uh, that's new, but fine. <laughs> hmm. Well, I'm done. Thank you guys. I appreciate you. Uh, yeah. Reading this book with me. You betcha. Next week, next week we have um, David Pirate Gilbert. Enlightenment. Yeah. Yep. I already, okay. already. You already sent, sent that to me. Good. Yep. Good. Good. Yeah. Good. Have a good one. Okay, I'm not on next week. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 Next time we see you will be uh, Logan's Run. So. Yeah. Okay. So. And you got a lot of homework for that one. You got a book. You got a movie. You got a whole TV series. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, you. you've already seen the, seen the movie. Oh, the, you haven't seen all the TV episodes. Don't worry. You'll, no, you'll get, I haven't seen You'll have to up. send us a link or something. Yeah. Anyway, I will. Take care. Thanks. Okay, bye bye. This has been the SFF Audio Podcast. Please join us at www.sffaudio.com. And thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash SFF audio. Yep, she's sharing photos. Mostly her gardening stuff. Across the fields. Springtime. Yeah. Springtime. Springtime for Aura. Uh, yeah, Connor's going to head from Germany, where it's springtime, <laughs> to Australia, where it's going to be fall. That's pretty wild. It's going to skip its summer. Oh, summer. Turns me upside down. Summer, summer, summer. It's like a merry-go-round. Mm-mm. Wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know what song I'm quoting from. That's uh, the, that's I, the I, I just know you're quoting part. from a song. That's the hilarious part. You don't even know what I'm quoting from, and I'm not. I know it's a song. That's the important part. That's the important part. All right. Unavailable. Highway east of Bolton, British Columbia, is closed April 11th to April 15th. Which highway? Spot in Banff National Park. Oh, that's nowhere near me. Well, well, you're it's in the same province. Yeah, but dude, it's like bigger than half of Europe. I know. Yeah, I know. If I'm not gonna, more. But it came up on my came up on my Twitter feed. Um they're doing construction on the roadways in the in the mountains. I'm not worried about that because Mountains Gandalf. Mountains. There. We got big What's mountains. That? You don't ever get over there? No. I'm not I'm not for years. So far it's far away. Nice though. The world, just, the world is far away. Uh, it's just outside your door. Um, some of it outside. I heard you got some snow. Um, about eight inches. Oh, I heavy thought it was snow. eight feet. No, a heavy wet snow, so pain in the butt to get your dig your oh. car out. Not the fluffy stuff. Okay, well maybe I I read the uh, quotation mark wrong. <laughs> eight, 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 eight feet would be catastrophe. Yeah. And but there's not enough moisture around here to do that. 
I mean, you, I mean, even lake effects. No, you couldn't get eight feet in a single gulp. Yeah, it would be difficult, but it could be accumulated. We got that. Yeah. Well, Northern I mean, we've Columbia. had we've had the fourth fourth snowiest winter in Twin City history this year, this season. Fourth snowiest. Fourth snowiest. Yes. I think I saw your your analysis thingy somewhere. And we have not hit the temperature of fifty degrees yet this year. Hmm. Where's this folder going? Okay, open recording. Recording. I don't know where this folder is going. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I don't even know where it's going. What's it called? Twenty twenty-three underscore all three underscore twelve. Okay, it's on desktop MP3 Skype recorder. Well, I should be able to find that. In theory. This desktop is very organized compared to my other one. There it is. Okay. Agitated by a window. Oh, yeah. It's developing. All right. I'm going to ping her on on her. um... Oz 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 will join us. (laughs) She just favorited something 32 seconds ago, so. Can you hear that noise? That's my quiet keyboard. I heard that. Swallow that coffee. Swallow that coffee. Okay, if that's what you really want out of life. No, she's probably having her plum dessert and her her coffee. That's what she does at this time. Spice apple cake. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Some sort of in, in cream-filled butter date. cake. Is that what it is? That's that's what she tweeted 25 minutes ago. Oh, okay, well, I guess she should be done by now. One, one may think, but you know, assumptions get you killed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm quoting from Heinlein there, but <laughs> buddy. All right, I'll allow it. Assumptions can get you killed. What book is that? Um. Jesus. Um, I, it might be Stranger in a Strange Land. It might be something Lazarus, something Lazarus Long says. Mm. He says a lot. <laughs> yes, he does. Never shut up, that guy. <laughs> that's not exactly, that's not exactly news. Lazarus Long says a lot. Bill my 11. There she is. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Paul. How you doing? Hello, Cora. I see you're having a happy spring. In Bremen. Yeah. <laughs> was Here, today. We... Was visiting my mom and uh, and then um, then took um, took her out into the park. She didn't want to go, but I said, okay, we're going to the park. And then okay. that's take that's taking charge. Here we got nineteen or so centimeters of snow on Friday night into Saturday morning. The heavy wet kind. So you know. Winter is still here, Cora. Winter is still here. We got some. We had snow here uh, we had a bit too. of snow um, a few days ago, but um, it didn't stick. It was just um, just fell, but uh, didn't stick on the ground. I think the last snow on the ground was maybe two weeks ago or so. Oh no, no. We I mean we lo- we lost our snow last a week ago, having had the snow on the ground continuously for almost four mm-hmm. months. Uh, that's uh, that doesn't happen here normally. No, no, no. That, that, that was that was a little much. Mm-hmm. 
So, you know, but spring will eventually come. I appreciate seeing that it's spring somewhere else in the universe. Yeah. Daffodils <laughs> and blue flowers. Yeah, we have these, um, I've, I've no idea what these flowers are called, but uh, I don't, know, I don't know what they are either. They're pretty. Whatever they yeah. are. <laughs> I call them pretty. <laughs> I, call, I call them photographic subjects. Yeah. <laughs> that too. They make good, they make good photographic subjects. <laughs> All right. Um, I, it sounds it like they're the not noisy. Yeah. Um, was there someone else? Oh yeah. Um, uh, Mark Finn expressed interest in. Oh, Mark Finn. Um, mm. he's a, he's a guy from, he's a guy who wrote the Robert E. Howard biography, isn't he? Yes. yes. Yeah. I've had mm-hmm. him on the podcast years ago. Um, yeah, his wife I, uh, died, uh, I, I say yeah, five years ago. Uh, but for some reason, I, I I know a lot of people who know Mark Finn, but I don't know him for some reason. <laughs> but he's getting married today, so uh, he can't. Oh, oh well, we don't want to disturb him then. In Las Vegas, married. no less. Oh, so Vegas <laughs> uh, wedding. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I, I don't know what if I don't think I think he's a Texas guy, isn't he? Can't remember. He's a, yes, I think he's from Texas. Yeah, so probably just a convenient place to get married and have a. Honeymoon at the same time. Um, <laughs> so he might join us for the next one, whatever that one is. Assuming Paul has not noped out of this, uh, <laughs> this one, he was, he was, I'm not sure we should go on with these, but, uh, I don't think it's going to get worse. Save <laughs> it for the well, podcast. I, mean, I like That's this right. one. I no. like Save this one. Yeah. Save it for the podcast. All right. So any exciting, interesting, uh, Hot topics I missed on Twitter while I was uh, feeding um, cows and the, 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 the blue checks are not gone yet, but people are waiting for the blue checks to disappear. Yeah, that's the hot topic. That's good. <laughs> we're we're happily waiting for that to happen. Disrupt yeah. disruptions good. Okay, of course you still have those blue checks, but only for people who, but not for for people who are actually anyway very relevant of being well some were some weren't that was the point that was the best troll about it right is it says um, this may or may not be notable oh my god so yeah not everybody was notable i mean a lot of people (laughs) were a lot of these people were was when when you see a blue check mark and have no idea who the person is and usually turns out there's some journalist on the the paper you don't 300 followers you know, oh, and, it's uh, all scientists uh, were blue check marked, uh, which was okay, which is okay sometimes because of misinformation. But uh, okay, I don't, I don't really. I think the blue check marks are. I tried to get one, but uh, was literally told like, "Oh no, you're not, you're not, you're not relevant <laughs> enough, uh, enough. If you're an if you're an artist, you need like ten thousand followers or something like that, or twenty thousand. Yeah, yeah. My mom when she signed up for Twitter. um uh, it was very early. A guy named Evo Terra was all all excited about it, and uh, they didn't even have. Um, it was everybody had numbered accounts, mm-hmm. and you know there was no. <laughs> it, it was so early in the process, so uh, it's changed quite a bit over the years. Mm-hmm. And I didn't sign up for it. Scott signed up for it, and then he didn't. He didn't like what it was doing to his uh, behavior, so. He said, you want to have this? And I'm like, why not? <laughs> I haven't done anything with it. You'll allow it. Yeah. But it's fun. I like to record uh, dreams and funny quotes. And it's good for jokes. 
Initially, I wasn't sure if I would like Twitter, but then I decided, okay, sign up and see if you don't. It's faster if you like than it. You don't have to do it. And I found I really like it. I like it quite a bit. That's fun. It's a good game. It's fun, and it's uh, but uh, and also okay. One thing which you know, I don't really care about the blue check marks, uh, check marks at all, at all. Okay, it's it's good if you can tell a parody account from the real from from I don't. So if you can yeah. tell parody accounts from real accounts, that's important because mm-hmm. um, you have parody accounts of political figures. Yes, yeah. I mean it's kind of obvious that Angela Merkel's necklace is probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a uh, Angela Merkel. She had a she had a necklace uh, of um, of um, semi-precious gemstones in the in the German colors. The colors, so it was red, uh, black, and uh, yellow or gold. Mm-hmm. Gold. And uh, this necklace caused a bit of a stir, and it had its own Twitter account. It may still have its own Twitter account for account. It, and obviously, it, that's it's not very important to make fun of the famous and rich people. You know, yeah, here's an astounding there was a fact. Twitter account for Margaret Honecker. She was the wife of the um, Erich Honecker, who was uh, who wasn't actually the president, but he was basically the the, the guy who actually who actually was uh, was in charge in East Germany. And uh, he died quite. They fled to Chile after the after the fall of the wall because um, because they were going to be put on trial for well, basically being on the losing side, and of course for the the death at no one was quite sure who was to be held responsible for the dead at the at the at the border, but uh, they wanted to hold someone responsible. And okay, they tried some some soldiers who had actually and border guards who had actually shot at people, but they'd only been uh, following orders. And then they tried it with some uh, with some politicians, but a lot of them were either gone or old or dead. Margaret Honecker stayed in Chile for the rest of her life. Life also, I think, um, I think she had, they also had family there. I think the son of Honecker, someone had married a, a woman from Chile or something like that. They stayed there and she was tweeting in German. And uh, I wasn't really sure is that a parody account or is it the real Margaret Honecker? Because it might be the real one. One, yes. And she was, uh, um, for a while I thought, okay, why is she tweeting about German TV? But it was said that Margaret Honecker and Chile was watching German TV via, via the internet and was always angry at everything that happened. She also she became very, she died. But then she died and the Twitter account was still active and then I knew, yep. okay, it must be a parody because it's not, because I really wasn't sure if it, it might have been the real one. I wasn't, uh, wasn't entirely sure. But yeah, that's uh, parody Twitter accounts, uh, should be clear whether it's uh, the real person or not. I, I wanted to ask. Otherwise, Paul. I don't care about blue check marks. What I, what bothers me is that they will force that they these weird uh, that they will prioritize the very the blue check mark accounts, which I don't want nothing to do with. That they will prioritize them in recommendations and uh, your timeline and everything. I mean, you constantly have to switch only in, the timeline. only in the anyway. one format at the moment, right? So yeah, the for you format, hmm. which I would then switch off. And just switch yeah, but every time you go to the thing, it tries to switch yeah, you back. Yeah, it does, it's absolutely. Like, yeah, it keeps it, switching it, me back. Just use the desktop uh, mode for now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, recently it just told, it was also like, it gave me uh, gave me this for you star, and I said like, okay, why am I seeing this stuff by this person who's, who sings, uh, sings ChatGPT is so wonderful, hmm. wonderful, full, and I don't even follow, who is this person? I don't follow them. <laughs> I then muted them and never saw anything by them again, but it was like, why am I even seeing this crap? Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask Paul um, what he's heard because uh, I 
I don't watch the regular news or anything, but I'm sure it's big in uh, Germany. Uh, so, um, have you heard about like what's going on in France? Yeah, of course. Oh, the, the, <laughs> yes, yes, the, the, yes. The um, the protests and the strikes. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I have. Yeah, well, it's like it's on fire, you know. Okay. Um, the other uh, astounding thing that came up, um, I, I I knew it, but I had forgotten it. Um, do you know the age gap between Macron and his wife? No. It's huge. Between who? <laughs> uh, Macron, uh, Macron. Oh yes, and it's, his it's wife. Very, yes, he's a lot. I think he's nearly twenty years older. She's twenty-five older years older than him. Twenty-five. Yeah. At any rate, he's he's much older than he is. Uh, yeah, but get this. Um, it's not just like yeah, she's an older woman. Um, she was a uh, his teacher. Was a, yes, his teacher. I think she was his age teacher fifteen. Once, so. Age fifteen, <laughs> yeah. and she was in her mid forties. Now he's yeah. in his mid forties, and she's sixty eight. Yeah, it's a bit, it's it's weird. It's weird. There's also there are rumors that he's actually gay, and he's just and this is it's not. A, but it's, I'm not sure. It's just. I don't know about that. He's definitely weird. Because he's president of uh, France, right? <laughs> I mean, France has had a lot of terrible presidents. <laughs> this guy isn't the worst, actually. Yeah, he was a Sarkozy. He was quite terrible, and uh, it was a bunch of the, the not quite as awful as the British ones are, but but uh, but France doesn't really have have great presidents either. And also, <laughs> this guy is better than Marine Le Pen because pretty much anything. <laughs> yeah, well, anybody's better than a fa- out-and-out fascist. Well, let's let's, let's be real. I, I, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not heavy into French politics. I just, I couldn't believe how that's a huge. French risk. politics are weird, and also these, these, uh, these strikes are they're also ultra aggressive. Because um, what, uh, what he wants to do is, uh, is he wants to raise the pension age from I think it's sixty or sixty-two, 62 to, to sixty-four. 65. Yeah, it's uh, to sixty-four. Mm-hmm. It's been sixty. I think in Germany we're up to sixty-six or. 67 now for, well, not for the people who, who I think it's maybe 66 for the people who go, who, um, who are pensioned right now and uh, will be 67, 68 by the time, by, by the time I am, I don't plan to retire, but, um, and I don't really, I don't get any, well, I get a very little bit of money from the, but I'm not, because I'm self-employed, I don't really fit into the state system. System, but I think it will be 68 or something. By the, Did you know? By the time that, I get it. So it's like it's 62 to 64, and they're making reckon almost everywhere in Europe has 65 or even or higher. Did you know that they're um, uh, the cops are exempt from this uh, retirement age thing? It's like it's That's, a special um, cutout. Didn't know it, and, and they probably get an earlier retirement age. Mm-hmm. Or they, or, or well, they're specifically they, exempted from this one. Right, and it wasn't. It wasn't like it wasn't uh, voted on. It was pushed through. Um, yeah, it I'm was not, I'm not, not very democratic. Sure about that how was, the French Parliament works, but it's not the same as. It wasn't very. I think they. they and um, actually, a lot of these retirement ages, um, ages, civil servants are quite often excluded. Excluded. They also yeah, have different. I don't know what it's like. But Germany, the the civil servants, servants are different. But a certain type of civil servants, they get very, very generous pensions. They um, they don't have to pay or the regular pension. It depends on the country, they get, right? They get very generous pensions, pensions a lot higher than we do, than the rest of us do. Mm-hmm. Do uh, and um, and uh, also they're exempt. 
for example, if you're in the army, if you're in the German army, you can retire, mm. I think it's at 56 or 54. At any rate, it's not even 60. Yeah, no, that makes okay, sense. Okay, they obviously don't want, to, want, to want someone in their 60s crawling through the mud, but anybody who laughs <laughs> in the army until they're 60 is no longer crawling the mud. There are people who, do, who are doing desk jobs or commanding others to crawl mm -hmm. through the mud. Mm -hmm. I mean, they usually these people go, people leave the army, take their pension, and then do either they do other jobs or volunteer something. I know one guy who was a, he was a, would have been the, the, I think a sergeant, yes, a sergeant. Would have been a sergeant in the U.S. So he was he was not a commissioned officer. He was a sergeant, or whatever the staff sergeant or whatever the, the rank was. And um, and after he left uh, he left the army, he started volunteering to work because he'd been to Afghanistan and he started a new and spoke the languages and so on. And so he started volunteering to work with with Afghan refugees and. Uh, also, because he spoke French and English, he taught French and English to old people and so on. So he did a lot of, he does a lot of stuff, stuff, but he's getting a lot of money and he retired in his mid fifties. What, uh, what did uh, you guys make of that Joyce Carol Oates thing that happened? Which was, Joyce Carol Oates? Agatha Christie is not revered as a stylist nor as a, as a writer reflecting sociological realism. Rather, her plots are clever and usually provide some sort of twist. Changing the language, uh, oh, changing the language will hardly matter as it would in a more literary writer, Twain and mm -hmm. Faulkner. She's quote tweeting the, uh, story. Oh, about, yeah, that, yes, I think oh, I saw that. About, uh, I, Agatha Christie estate. I'm not a huge Christie fan, fan. I, she is, she's very important, so Mr. Genre hugely important, but she also she came up with a lot of the standard tropes, plots, twists, and everything. So she had some interesting characters, but actually, I, I always find her, she has this sniffy judgmentalism about her, which she's I don't the, like. She's like the most popular writer of the 20th century in English, right? It's yeah, she sold more books than anybody. I still say I'm not a huge fan of her. But and, uh, but I, I've not read anything by Joyce Carol Oates, so I know like she she's a critic as well as a writer. But um, <laughs> that's something about her, but I can't really recall now what it is. She's uh, she was a blue check. I don't. I, I I know about her name, and I've seen her quotes, and I've seen her tweets every once in a while, but I've never read any of her stuff. Um, but she, I think, I think was I read the one that was up for Nebula a while back. Yeah, I think it was yeah, a nonfiction, right? I, I forgot what it was. Something about a family of people who are researching, uh, researching Orcs apes, Craig, intelligent think? apes, or something like Orcs that. Orcs and Craig is by, uh, what's her name? Uh, Margaret Atwood. Oh, Atwood. That was Margaret my Atwood. My authors, yeah, that's Margaret Atwood. That one I have, I, I actually remember the Margaret Atwoods I've read. I've read more by her than I've read by Joyce Carol Oates. I, I, I know she's a critic, but I don't know what she's written that, uh, like as a, a fiction piece, so I'm not sure. But people were dunking on her called, all day uh, long. We are, we are beside our, all beside ourselves or something like that. That's one I read. Probably wrote, uh, she occasionally crosses over into genre stuff, so. We kind of really notice she exists. Yeah. We're all completely beside ourselves. Yes, exactly. That was the title. What was that about? Yeah. Is it oh, fiction? She's about. She's, uh, she's the age of my dad. I was thought wow. he was young. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah, I always thought she was, was, I don't know, she thought she was in her 60s or so on, but she's 84. <laughs> uh, 58 novels and plays. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, but you'd think, you'd think as a person who put out a lot of books, you know, I don't know. I, I don't understand. I don't, it's happening like on almost on a weekly basis where some estate is saying, <laughs> we don't mind if, if, uh, the if it sells more books, <laughs> we don't call. Mind. Yeah, they want money. Also, right. um, with Agatha Christie, um, there, there very likely is racism in the books. And of, I mean, they did change the title of the one I was called Ten Little Racial Slurs <laughs> because yeah. it had it had a. It's now it's I think it's now and then there were not. Yeah, it used I to always, be it used to be Ten Little Indians it. as well, and that got yeah. It was Ten mixed. Little Little N words, then it was Ten Little Little Indians, and now it's and then there were none. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I I call it Ten Little Racial Slurs. Everybody knows what it is, and I don't have to say any of them. I haven't read that one. But, I don't think. I read that many Agatha Christie, actually. It's, uh, the TV, uh, most people know that one via the movie adaptation because it's become a trope. It's, mm. it's pretty much its own, own thing. Mm-hmm. thing. It's one of those that have become a trope. She invented a lot of them. But she did. Them. But uh, I remember how, how, how much I disliked the story when I actually read it, read it. It's one of those things where you know the movies and you kind of like them. And then you actually read it and think, oh, God, this is, uh, I don't like this at all. It's like um, Baroness Orkshi, the woman who wrote mm-hmm. uh, Scarlet Pippa. Mm-hmm. Which is another one, when you know, you've seen movies, you think the, the concept is it's cool. And good. then you have to look and think, it's, oh, God, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, it, it speaks to somebody, but not to me. I was not impressed by it, unfortunately. And I wanted to like it, too. Because I thought it was a cool concept. Uh, yeah, uh, the, 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 it was uh, so. Uh, um, like Baroness Orkley never found an ism she did not want to include. Mm. I mean, I mean, she, there's random, there's classism, there's racism, and then like, you suddenly get random anti-Semitism thrown in there. And actually, I mm. wanted the Scarlet Pimpernel to be. I was rooting for the guillotine. This is <laughs> that's really something. Because yeah. uh, and I really love. I wanted to like the book. I was so happy to find, have found a copy and so on. And it was so terrible. And um, uh, Ten little racial slurs isn't quite as bad, but it's it's also it's it's a cool idea which has been done much better by other people. Ooh, yeah, wait, wait, wait! Better. When you say that phrase, when you say <laughs> that phrase, it's like um, it's it's the same one they used on our opinions are correct. You know, uh, somebody else took the idea and did it better. You have to cite your sources. So I've read quite a few Agatha Christie short stories. I've read a, I've read her first novel. Read a few other things here and there. She's delivering something that people want, but who, like, I was thinking about how, um, you know, when I was introduced to these famous writers from well before I was born, uh, it was Arthur Conan Doyle for Sherlock Holmes, Agatha Christie, and, uh, like, you know, some really bizarre ones like August Derleth, right? Who's writing fake Sherlock Holmes stories and stuff like that. Um, but who, has been Doris writing Agatha Christie stuff. Like, uh, what uh, did not do better than Arthur Conan Doyle did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like the, the biggest thing, of, you know, that hit writing at the time. I mean, Oscar mm-hmm. Wilde's big in the theater, but Conan Doyle's big in the magazines and every book is a smash until, you know, quite late in his career. So who did Agatha Christie better than Agatha Christie? I can't I can't think of it. Dorothy Sayos. Dorothy, yeah, okay, so you know there was a Dorothy yeah, Sayers yeah. that just came out on LibriVox. 
Um, and I've not read, I don't think anything by her. What was the, yep. what was the one that, uh, you were thinking of? A specific one now? Um, yeah. I mean, the Lord Peter Wimsey's. They are, yeah. Wasn't there sort a... of, there's a strong Christie influence, but he, he develops it in, in completely different, different directions. The characters change. He falls in love and everything and gets married. It's very cool, dramatic. So he, he draws the, I guess a Christie is, is one of these, like, Oh, Clouds of Witnesses? Or Clouds of Witnesses? It's very important for witness? the history of the genre, but, um, and if, if we but, were to uh, do the books a, themselves are not really all that. <laughs> if we were to do a a uh, Dorothy Sayers for 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 reasons because it would tie us very gently into genre, I would want to do the Nine Tailors. Well, uh, I'm not sure that's available. But what we do have it, is the here's the list: Who's Bonnie? A Natural Death, How the House of the Soul. I'm not sure if that's yeah, it's poetry. Uh, sympathy, which is also poetry, sympathy, also poetry, and clouds of witness, witness, not witnesses. I always say witnesses. Clouds of witness is in that series, I believe. Whose body, maybe as well. Whose body, I think, is definitely one of them. Um, so that one is available, and there's a single narrator. It's 11 hours 21 minutes. It's pretty big. Let's see what the whose body is. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, looking at them, a lot of these seem to be about the same length. Yeah, this one is six. Uh, the first one, if that's the first one in the series, but, uh, whose uh, body whose is body only is six first. hours and forty-six minutes, so it's that, about half then, the length. Yeah, but then, yeah, then they grow because these things do. But generally, if the series is you know a smash hit, is because the first one got some traction. It's not always the case, right? Not so, always the case, but, but often. Whose is. body is the first P- Lord Peter Wimsey one? Yeah, so that'd be a good one. And to uh, go with. Clouds of Witness is that's the second number two. One. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kirsten Weaver. Strong Poison is the one I think where he meets a woman he eventually marries. By Dorothy Sayers. This is a LibriVox. Sounds fine. So there is one available. We'll think. We'll we'll think on that. Um, whose body? Whose body? Whose body? body? Not my body. I'm not dead. We only need somebody to love. Oh no, Paul. Oh no, wrong podcast again. No, it's not the wrong podcast. <laughs> I'm putting this down at the bottom. Whose Body by Dorothy Sayers. L. Sayers. What's the L stand for? Lee. Lee? L-E-I-G-H? L-E-I-G-H. Like Vivian Lee or Lee Brackett. All right. See, Jesse, that's known as a leading question. Oh, no. Oh, Yes. Uh, so I wanted to see when was last time Cor- Cora, you were on last week. Is that right? Four I day was planet? on last week. Yes. Okay. Um, so Four probably there's planet, nothing. Yes. I don't know if there's anything been added to the schedule that. The uh, next, the next time we have a Cora, as I see, is um, uh, uh, is May and Logan's run. Right. Right. Okay, but that one is um because I've I'm at actually. In May, I'm at a con, but I think it was not the con. Right, it was the weekend that where you weren't at the mm-hmm. con that, that we picked Yes, up. exactly. Yeah, that's the weekend uh, after the con. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't do City of Singing Flame. <laughs> Sad story. Um, no Clark Axton Smith for you. Yeah, no no discussion of it anyways. You can write about it. I, yeah, I know. I'm... I'm 
I'm just giving uh, Hugo Winner Cora Bueller some <laughs> good manners. <degree. laughs> she's she's got two statues, so now I have to give her uh, four times the money, Paul. Sorry, <laughs> four times her base salary. She only has one award. She only has one Hugo award. I only count yeah. the statues. I don't count the uh, citations until she gets the actual. I statue. only won one. I only I won one Hugo award, but I've got two statues. First, 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 first was German and have... was damaged into or sculptures, first, I guess they're not first statues. First German winning Hugo award, which is is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Was, yeah. I'm the first German, and this is these two are the only two Hugo Hugo Fritz Lang couldn't beat you in all Damn. of Germany. I'm the first one to yes. win. You couldn't. There was another German finalist, Simone Heller, in 2019, 19, and but she uh, didn't. She was a best novelette or something, something, <laughs> something, and she uh, didn't win. And then you have a few people like, but I don't count Willy Lai as German because by the time he won a. He won a Hugo Award. He was he was has been in U.S. citizen for twenty years or something like that. So no, it doesn't count. <laughs> no. Also, there's a couple of people. I think Klaus Jansson is, is. I mean, the name also suggested he's German born, but he also he was. Harry uh, Roden did win. Of someplace else, <laughs> a comic, as a comic artist, and uh, I think someone else who who was born in Germany, but. Uh, was long gone by the time you wanted to. So what I'm hearing is Thea von Harbo is going to be mad at you when you meet her in hell or heaven. She's going to be like, <laughs> uh, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, there's a couple of people I think who should have won before, before me, a couple of Germans, but, uh, <laughs> uh yeah. It was, uh, Walter Ernsting definitely is one of those people. <laughs> Clark, uh, he was, uh, he's a guy who invented Perry Roden. Yeah, Perry Roden's going to be mad at you in heaven or hell, wherever you go. Yeah. Or what's the place in between called? Purgatory. Purgatory, right? If you're in purgatory, well, I, I assume I assume they went to wherever you're going. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot. I think there's a bunch of you. I mean, people who should have probably like should have won before me. Herbert Frank, Herbert, Herbert de Franke, and so there's a lot of Germans who probably should have won at some point, but uh, I'm the one who did. Don't worry. In the future, they're going to be uh, taking uh, retro Hugos away from no, horrible, turgid no. people like Heinlein and giving them to other dead people. No, they, no. Well, no, also not, not no. They'll just dig them up out of their graves and open up the coffin, pull out the <laughs> statue, put it in someone else's coffin, and everybody will yes, be happy. No. Jesse, no. I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. They're that's, not that's... Uh, changing Hugo winners. I mean, uh, <laughs> there are a few, uh, there are a few people who are no law, who are not quite, no, even in the regular Hugos, not the, the like Isaac, Isaac and the rest. Like Isaac, Isaac, and the rest, they right? sort of freaked out because, uh, because uh, the Xulu miss was one, one on the basis of an, of an August Dollar, August Dollar story. So it wasn't even because, uh, Lovecraft was dead by yeah. that point. Yeah. He but was they didn't, already nobody dead. got upset that he won. They only cared that Lovecraft got his yeah, name. Yeah, they, they didn't even. I think they also all the people who were upset didn't give a damn about the retro Hugos before. No. Also, they were upset Just because of John W. Campbell, be and but none of them said like, okay, campaign for someone else. I mean, there were you could have run a campaign for Dorothy McIlroy's, and some of us did. But uh, <laughs> what's the, uh, the what? Oh, have you read the? Uh, I, I I guess I just assumed. Have you read the Dorothy L. Sayers stuff before? Uh, me or Paul? Yeah, Cora. Yeah, I've I've read something by her. Okay. I don't think I read no, not 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 whose body, not the first one. I read but, uh, some of. I yeah, read some you've, of the re- you've experienced the prose, right? Because I've only seen like maybe a TV show or something. 
mm. based on one of the books. Well, I've, so. I've read, uh, I tried to, it was at, uh, I read, uh, I read some of us at university in a class on mm. mystery, right? That's mm. all. We did, uh, Christy and Sayas and then some later, later people. All right. Well, maybe we should talk about odds on. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, let's roll some, let's roll some dice and program computer and get to it. Hmm. <laughs> and get your recorder on too, if you would. My, my recorder is on. Thank you, sir. All right. Um, I had the Wikipedia entry out for this book and then I've buried it amongst other things. Odds on Wikipedia. Let's see. There we go. Got it. Here we go. <laughs> 